Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook Church. My name is Eric Vogel. I'm the next-gen pastor here at Faithbrook. And whether you are in person or online, we are so glad that you could come and join us in worship today. We love to get to know those of you who are newer here at Faithbrook. And so if you are newer here, we ask that you take one of these blue cards. You can find it in the backs of the chairs in front of you. Uh, and fill it out and drop it in one of the offering boxes as you leave. Or you can go to faithbrook.church slash connect and fill out it on there and someone from the staff will be contacting you. Another great way to be connected is through events. And on Wednesday, July 19th, we'll have our summer splash event where there will be a foam bubble pit, water games uh, with prizes, Treats, burgers, and so much fun for everyone. It'll be from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. All the proceeds from this event will go to our missions team missions trip as they are going to the Amazon. You can register for this event either on our website or on the Church Center app. And speaking of Summer Splash, we're starting a new series today on H2O. So let's welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort. Well, happy 4th of July weekend. I know everyone's looking forward to having some days off and just kind of chilling out. Many people are traveling, maybe up north. We're so glad that you're watching us online, and we're so glad for you are here on this Sunday in person. Well, we are starting this great um, series called H2O. If you remember back in your biology classes, chemistry classes, we know that that symbol represents water. And water is so delectable, it is so precious, it's so life-giving. One of my uh, favorite pictures is our son, Logan. I think he was about four years old. We made this homemade slip and slide out in the backyard, and he was just loving it. Just look how uh, that precious water is just delicious, is it not? He's just enjoying it. He's just cooling him off. There is something powerful about h 2 Oh, and it can be life teaching. And this summer, we're going to use this series to kind of use H2O, look at all the biblical references of water and the concepts of water to help us grow deeper in our faith and also to better understand God. Now, many of you realize that in biology, uh, water is so valuable. You take, for instance, the environment. Uh, directly or indirectly, water affects all facets of life. It definitely affects agriculture. It affects the weather. It affects our re- recreation and even the oxygen that we breathe. And without water, this planet would look totally different. Uh, things would not survive. Plants would not survive. Humans would not survive. It's one of the reasons why we need to take care of the environment, take care of the water resources that God has provided all humans and all beings. At the same time, we know that water is very valuable physically. We need it. I think the uh, experts tell us that the human body cannot live on past three days if they do not take in some H2O to some sort. Uh, They tell us that our human bodies are made up 60% of water, and we are constantly uh, depleting ourselves of this H2O, this valuable resource, in many different ways. And if we do not replenish ourselves with water, then we'll eventually uh, die and, and perish. 
they say at any given time, humans are 30% to 70% of humans are dehydrated. In fact, if you're feeling a little bit thirsty, then it's probably uh, you fall in that category of being dehydrated. Well, could it be that this element of need for H2O, that we uh, kind of physically are dehydrated many times and need some intake could be a, a symbol of our spiritual life, that our souls can become thirsty. Our souls can become dehydrated. And maybe that's one of the reasons why Jesus always used H2O in many different facets to kind of communicate what he can give us and help us with through life. One of the most um, famous phrases that Christ used was found in John chapter 7 when he says, rivers of living water would flow through you. Rivers of living water would flow through you. Now, why would Jesus bring this up? What was the setting? What was the context? Well, I'm going to give you a little bit, a little bit of backdrop of chapter 7 of John. This is early on his ministry. Uh, Jesus is just coming on, online. He's starting to do a few miracles. He's kind of hesitant. And people are starting to talk about Jesus. The word is getting out on the street that there's something special about this Nazarene guy. He's claiming that he's Messiah. He's kind of backing up with his miracles. And so all the cities at a buzz. In fact, they all have collected in Jerusalem because they are at the Festival of Tabernacles. And that's one of the big festivals for the Jewish people. They are honoring, commemorating how God was with them through the, the parched times of the wilderness. They were living in just mobile tabernacles and mobile tents. And everyone is gathered. And of course, all the, the vendors are there. There's speakers and opportunities. And there's the priests. And they're gathered around the temple courts. And it's just crowded. And people are talking. And the hot topic that day is this Jesus guy. He, he says he's the Messiah, and some are believing, and some are not, and they're pushing him to speak, and every time he speaks, people are like, he must be the Messiah. There's something powerful. There's something unique about Jesus from Nazareth, and, and of course, the, the Jewish hierarchy, they're, they're highly threatened. They don't believe in this guy. They don't like this guy. There's no way he could be the Messiah. Many people are claiming he is demon-possessed. And so we had this high uh, level of noise. There's just a lot of clutter. There's a lot of uh, drawing for people's attention between the vendors barking them, come over here. There's all kinds of division and camps. It's just, it's just tension-filled this whole time. It's just depleting people, dehydrating people, draining people mentally and emotionally uh, of, of clutter. And here's Jesus mingling, trying to keep to himself. He hears everybody arguing and people pushing him and people wanting to kill him and, and everyone's trying to take sides and figure out what's going on. It kind, of, uh, kind of mimics our society today. There's so much noise out there. There's so much information and everyone has their convictions and you need to believe here and I believe there. And if you don't, I'm canceling you and you should. And there's just information overload and our lives are just going 24-7. It just seems that we can easily be depleted. It seems that we can be drained and even spiritually dehydrated. And it's this setting of John 7 that Jesus does something amazing. John writes about it, says, on the last of the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, 
Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Let anyone who is thirsty come unto me and drink. In other words, is anyone thirsty out there? Does anyone just want to cut through all the clutter? Is anybody parched and drained? Are you thirsty Instead of all these opinions and all this tension and, and uh, hierarchy, do you just want to come to me and drink? Are you thirsty for me? I have a feeling this was the same element that the prophet Isaiah was trying to convey on behalf of God for our need for something that will quench our soul, something that would be more satisfying than everyone's opinion and busyness and opportunities and responsibilities and tasks. Come unto me, Isaiah said to the people of Israel. Come all who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come. Buy and eat, come. Buy wine and milk without money and without cost. In other words, if you're rich or poor, if you're thirsty, just come. It's free. It's available for you. He challenges the people in Israel in the Old Testament. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest fare. Peter said, taste the Lord and see the goodness of God. Give an ear and come to me. Listen, and I love this phrase, that you may live. 600 years later, Jesus was on the streets saying, I will give you life and I will give you to the full. I want to satisfy your deepest longing life. The same words almost that the prophet Isaiah was saying in 15. And now Jesus says, Come to me, all who are thirsty. Do you think there's a thirst in our soul today? Do you think sometimes we get dissatisfied with all the options and all the fun things and all the busyness things, but deep inside we're thirsty or we're slowly, emotionally, spiritually dehydrating? So when Christ says, come to me and drink, he is offering a quenching of your thirsty soul. Christ offers a quenching for our thirsty souls. Many times physically we get thirsty, especially in the summer, right? And a lot of times we'll, we'll go to a convenience store and we're going to find some liquid to, to maybe quench our thirst. And last time I looked, there was just maybe hundreds of options to quench our physical thirst. You go to the shelves and there's all kinds of options out there. You can get energy drinks with all kinds of flavors. There's sports drinks, there's teas, there's pop, there's beer. There's all kinds of different things to try to quench us. If you look on the ingredients, they all have got some formula, some recipe. There's artificial things, there's supplements, there's additives, there's sweeteners. And man, they label those things, they market those things, and they're so alluring. Oh, look at that, monster this and diet that. And oh, that's going to be awesome, right? We're so attracted to all these things. But do they quench us? Is, is that what we really need? I remember as a kid, uh, there was some kind of church event, maybe it was a VBS or something like that. And we were out on the back, back uh, 
backyard and just playing and it was hot and and I was desperately thirsty and these wonderful church ladies came out and they brought a big igloo of Kool-Aid. You remember Kool-Aid, right? It was like sugar water with some kind of dye in it, right? You know, whatever, purple stuff, I don't know. But I was so thirsty and there it was and and I put it under there and I put that sweet, cool Kool-Aid to my lips, man, and oh, it was so delicious. It was so sweet, man. I just chugged that thing. I was like, yeah, but I was still thirsty. I got another glass, man. The first one was so good. I took a whole second one, and that was good, too. And, but, man, I was still thirsty. I was, my body was craving something that would satisfy my, my harshness. And, and so I took a third one. I took a fourth one, man, thinking that this would surely, it was so sweet. It was so delectable and good-looking, right? But pretty soon, you know what happened. I wasn't feeling very good, right? That sugar water kind of stuff. And pretty soon I was over on the curb just trying to keep it together, right? Oh, I didn't need, my body didn't need more purple sugar water. My body needed some pure water, some pure life-giving water. See, I think the American corporations have figured this out. Sure, they got all these other products that are very alluring and attracted to us, But they figured out that American people are pretty smart. And now they're looking for that pure water. I picked one out the other day. I was pretty impressed with it. And uh, man, when you're you're up against it and this thing is sitting in front of your face and it's chilled and it's cool, a lot of times you're like, that's what I want. That's what I need. I just need pure water. Big and tall, right? Just to guzzle that and quench. I, I noticed that whoever produced this, you know, they, they gave it the label of smart water, right? Glacier smart water. That, that, that's pretty smart. I'm going to be a smart person. I'm a, of all the liquids, I'm getting the smart thing, right? And, and it kind of reminds you of like God. God wants to give us the real thing. And the more we get of God, the smarter we become. But it's pure. It's unpolluted is crisp and clean for our lives. And this, here's what Jesus is claiming and offering. Come to me, all who are thirsty. And Jesus would continue to teach in the next verse. He says, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Rivers of living water will flow from within them. You you notice if you look at this deeply, within them. Jesus is just not, um, Jesus is not just uh, thinking about your surface, but he wants to go deep within your soul. The, the word inner part means the bowels of a person, the deepest parts of a person. That's where he wants the rivers of living waters to flow in your life. He uses the words living waters. And in John 4, when he was talking to the the parched woman, Samaritan woman at the well, he used the word springs of living water. This is not stagnant water. This is not boring water, right? This is effervescent. This is like spring, clear, crisp water coming from the innocence of the ground to flow in our innermost beings, our soul. And he uses the, the term that it will flow. It's not a puddle. It's not a, a, a pond, but it's like a river that has force, that has power, that has cleansing elements to wipe away and renourish us and replenish us in so many ways. So when we, when we ask Christ 
that come into our lives, we realize a lot of times that, that we are empty. That, that we, we have a shell. We're surviving life. We might even be having some kind of fun in life, but our soul is not filled. And so when we say yes to Jesus, we know that we need his eternal love that we sing about, his redemptive power to forgive us of our sins, and the blood of Jesus Christ that, that displayed on the Christ cross forgives us of our sins, and we ask him to come into our life, and Jesus pours into our soul and cleanses us from all our unrighteousness. And we are new in Christ. It's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. We celebrate that. Next week, we're going to be celebrating that uh, through Holy Communion, that he fills us. We were empty, but he comes into our life. But a lot of times, this is all what happens. We just kind of check off the religious Christian thing and say, yes, I, I said yes to Jesus I asked him to come into my heart. He came into my heart by faith through, through grace. I'm so happy about that. Uh, I believe I'm going to heaven, but I'm moving on, and we, we don't touch that water. The water just kind of sits there. Now, what would happen if that water didn't, isn't replenished? Wouldn't evaporation happen? Well, maybe some from particles would get into that water, and pretty soon it would just be stagnant, stale. It's not effervescent. It's not flowing. It's not even attractive. Sometimes this is how we live as Christians. We just get just enough Jesus, just enough religion that it's not even fun. Some people say that we get just enough religion that makes us miserable. We're not awful, we're sort of full, and we're just stagnant. But Jesus had a vision more than just being filled, but something deeper, something more effervescent. In fact, John notes in the next verse, by this he meant the spirit. Now get this whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to this time, John notes, the spirit has not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now, Jesus is talking about this rivers of living water. John notes, he's like, oh, I know what he's talking about. He's talking about that Holy Spirit that was not introduced to these believers in John 7 yet. Now, Jesus, John is writing this 60 years later. And he's referring to what was going to happen. So we know that three years later, Jesus would allow himself to be betrayed. He would go on the cross. He would, he would die for our sins, but he would overcome death. He, he would smack down the devil and he would raise himself and be glorified through the, the glorious resurrection. He would glorify himself. And then 40 years later, 40 years, 40 days later, as he said to his disciples, now you need to stay right here. The Holy Spirit would come on them. And we see evidence of that in, in the history of that in Acts 2, this Pentecostal Pentecost um, experience that would flood these people. And so what John is sharing here is Jesus is starting to introduce the whole concept of the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Kind of reminds you of, of H2O. Doesn't H2O have three different elements? Can HTO be seen in a solid, right? There's, there's something forceful about that. And then there's the, the liquid and then also the gas or the, the steam. Three different forms, all the one component. Now, it's not the perfect uh, analogy of the Holy Trinity, but it kind of gives us the idea of, of this. And many times we're not sure about the third person of the Trinity. We kind of got God, the Father, Creator, Lawgiver, 
We definitely know more about Jesus. It's in the Gospels and how he lived. But this Holy Spirit thing kind of is mysterious, kind of makes us nervous. We're not sure about this Holy Spirit. Francis Chan wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Forgotten God because a lot of times we're not used to the Holy Spirit. It's kind of invisible. We're, we can't get our mind around it. This is what Jesus is talking about. If you read the scriptures and believe in me, he says, here's the vision for those who are following Jesus that you will have liver, rivers of living water flowing from within you, the deepest part. They didn't even know what he's talking about, but John knew who he was talking about. And he writes about this because what Jesus is thinking about is an entire filling of our life of his spirit. See, it's not just about filling up, but of flowing through. Again, like I said, a lot of times we're kind of satisfied with this as a, as a Christian. Man, I love Jesus. He loves me. I believe in going to heaven. Praise God. That's about it. Let's move on with our life. And Jesus, oh, no, I, I think there's something more, something more advanced, something more richer than that. And that is this living water. Well, what does that look like? Well, J.T. Siemens uh, shared this uh, analogy. He says, the spirit-filled life is like a glass with no bottom. Our lives are submerged in the river of the Holy Spirit. We are continually cleansed and filled with God's love. It's kind of like uh, taking our life, letting God pour into us, but somewhere we come to the decision that said, no, I want to submerge my life in the river. And that means we have to cut out to the bottom. And we're not going to be just satisfied with just a little puddle, just, just a little bit of love from God, but we're going to go all in to submerge our entire life into the Holy Spirit, all of God, the all Trinity, Father God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that river who just doesn't puddle up and say, well, that's nice, but a river that has gusto, that has replenishing, that has power. We want our lives to be moved, be entirely filled with his spirit. That's what Jesus was talking about. Now you have to realize this is not an easy life because there's going to be all kinds of things calling us not to surrender our life totally to God. It's going to be a lot of times like, no, you stay in control. You get the love of God, you get the salvation of God, you get the heaven of God, but you still need to be the Lord. You still need to be in control. And when you rip out the bottom of your life and say, God, I'm trading my entire self for all of you and you submerge, it's not always easy. In fact, the flesh, the self, will always want to be entertained by all these other options. That's why the Apostle Paul tried to exhort and teach the people, especially in Ephesians 5, 18, when he says, do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Man, it's not like uh, wine is inherently bad, but it's so attractive, and it's so sweet, and it's so wonderful, right? Before you know, we're all caught up in things like wine or other pops and all this stuff and stuff, and we forget, man, there is a holy river that God says, no, come drink from my river, Come drink from my spirit. Submerge your life. And see, John, when he notes this, Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. Yet they come. John was there 
in Acts 2. John was one of the disciples that saw the difference that they were, we were all kind of struggling, believing, followers of Jesus before Pentecost, right? Half of us are arguing with each other. Half of us were selfish and full of pride. And Jesus said, you need to chill out and pray right there in the upper room. And pretty soon in Acts 2, this, this incredible force came upon us. People started speaking in languages and in tongues. And man, there was an entirely different type of, of liveness and, and power in the, the average um, believer. You see, Jesus' mind and, and vision for us is not just about filling up. You got it? Good. No, it's about flowing through. Now, this is where the supernatural power of God can come into our life. You might not be interested in the supernatural power of God in your everyday life, but, but I am because I know life is not easy. There's all kinds of complications and challenges, things that dehydrate us, things that drain us and challenges with stress. For some, you might have some work situations, man, are so complicated and stressful, and you're asking yourself, how am I going to get through it? So sometimes you have family situations, man, that, you're, that your kids are driving you crazy. Sometimes your, your mouth explodes, and, or maybe you're having a really hard time of loving your, your spouse, and just there's irritations. Maybe there's some health issues. Maybe there's some cultural noises and uh, 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 depletion and fears out there, and you're like, oh, man, I'm not doing well as a Christian. I'm here and then there, and I'm saying stuff and fearing this, and, 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 and a lot of times we're just living on by the cross. We're just living by salvation. We're just living by his forgiveness. We're so thankful for that. But Jesus is like, oh, there's more than just salvation. There's more than just a cross. There's more than just Jesus. There's the third part of the Trinity called the Holy Spirit, and that's where the river, the living water can flow through us. And I've found the goodness that if we keep our life in the river, there are some benefits. There is some power that can uh, flow through us. For instance, Jesus talked about later in the Gospel of John, talked about what the Holy Spirit is. And one of the concepts and jobs of the Holy Spirit is to comfort and counsel us. Anybody ever need some reassurance? Anybody ever need some comfort in your sorrow? Does anybody ever need some counsel of what is true? Because there's a hundred voices over here and the society is there and there's a vendor here and there's a festival over here and we're wondering what is the truth that I can be secure and whole and calm in the Holy Spirit. And man, when we're up against it and there is things collapsing all around us, Romans 8 says that the Spirit helps us. The Spirit, didn't say Jesus, said the Spirit. Now they're two in one, <laughs> will help us. And when we do not know what we're pray, and we're so broken and we're just depleted, that's when the spirit intercedes for us. You got to keep it in the river though. You got to let that river of his holiness and his love flow through you to remind you what is true because there's doubts, there's insecurities, there's old wounds, man. And God says, man, I want to heal you. I know you've been wounded. I know you've been hurt. I know you're scared. I know you don't know how to figure it out. But the power of the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and counsel beyond what you know yourself. And before you know it, the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. Guides us in all truth because we're always going to hear a voice. You can't do it. You're not good enough. You're going to fail someplace. You should be mad. They don't love you, right? But what is the truth? Oh, the Holy Spirit guides us into truth. That's right. I'm a child of God. Uh, God did not give me a spirit of timidity and fear and insecurity. I don't have to be a slave to fear anymore. But the Holy Spirit's going to say, no, he's guided you to be a child of God. Oh, that's right. 
I'm a child of God. I don't have to live by my own power or my own resume. I can live by a supernatural love of the river that is flowing through me. How'd you do that? I don't know, man. Just God helped. I don't, I don't know. Why does there seem to be maybe some help and anointing for the good and even through the bad? I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a God thing. It's, it's a spirit thing. It's, it's a miraculous supernatural thing. Before you know it, you can be transformed. Before you know it, you're not the same person. Before you know it, you're not as edgy. You don't get as offended. You might have more smile on your face. You might have more security because you've been keeping your life in the what's, what What's the truth again? The Holy Spirit reminds me. Ah, next thing you know, become more like Christ. The fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, love, peace, joy, kindness, self-control. Before you know it, kind of people, people want to be around you. People might be attracted to you. People might trust you. you. You might get a promotion or something. Because, well, I don't know. Just because it's not me. It's this Holy Spirit working through me. Before you know it, that, that you made it through that test. Before you know it, you made it through that trial. Before you made it, you, you stepped up and you took that leadership and you took that responsibility and some things happened pretty well. And, and then you start to realize like what Paul wrote in Ephesians 3.8, that you can do amazingly more the you can ever imagine or ask according to the power that lives within you. That's what Jesus is talking about. The river, the Holy Spirit of the power. Not so much the cross, that's important, and God, that's important, but this Holy Spirit. But somewhere you gotta be dissatisfied with just living in the cross, but to be willing to surrender your life, submerge it entirely into his flow, into his Holy Spirit. There's rivers of living water would flow through you. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but in the imperfections, in the strain, in the aggravations, in the disappointments, that's when you rely on the spirit to help you through. Is your soul thirsty? Would you, do you have any appetite to drink from the deeper things of God and to be entirely in him? Some of you might be thinking, you know, I'm kind of like this. Um, you're, you're a nice talker, Jim, and uh, you preachers, and I understand that, but my life is not of God. I have not let God pour into my life. I've been kind of resistant, stubborn. I can do my life on my own. I'm, I'm talented enough. I'm strong enough. I don't need that. And somewhere you realize, man, you're just plastic. You're just kind of faking it to make it because inside you're hollow. Inside, there's no love. There's no fulfillment of God's spirit in you. And we can make a decision to say yes to Jesus. Jesus, I, I need to replace that ugly stuff. I need to replace that regrettable stuff. That ain't cool, especially to you. Forgive me. And Christ yanks it out by his cross and his love and pours in his love and salvation and redemption. But maybe you're like, you know, Jim, maybe I need to get more serious and get in the deeper river of the Holy Spirit and to submerge yourself. Submerge yourself into that river of God's holy love. That means there's going to have to be a decision. Sometimes it's a crisis to say, you know, I realize I'm kind of hanging on and I'm going to have to surrender. I'm going to have to let go of the things that I want to hold on to and let God have all of me. And Jesus like, finally, I have all of you. You have no idea what I can do through your life. You have no idea. But I've been, I've been held back by your stubbornness or your control issues to say, now I can flow through you open-handed. Don't settle.
for just living by the cross. Don't settle for just having enough to get to heaven just by a hair. But God says, man, I have a vision for you that you're going to have living water flowing through you. And yes, there's always going to be some noises out there. There's always going to be some competition for God's heart, for God's way, and for his Holy Spirit. The world is going to have coolers full of all kinds of glaring, wonderful things that just taste fabulous, right? And while Christ sits over in the corner, he says, man, all I can offer you is pure, cold love of Jesus Christ. What are you going to take? And to do that, a lot of times we have to decide to stay in the river. We have to stay in the river because the festivals are always going on. There's always going to be a barker. There's always going to be a a vendor out there. Come my way. And there's going to be a camp over here and a noise over here and an attraction over here and entertainment. I'm not saying that they are bad. I'm just saying, man, before we know it, our life is coming out of the river. And we got to keep it in the river. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We have to take time to walk by the Spirit. A lot of times that means we got to stop what we're doing. we got to slow down a little bit. we got to read the Word of God and let his, the Word of God with the Holy Spirit remind us of the truth to comfort us and help us, to guide us, to convict us, to redirect our life before we know it, we are more encouraged. We are more secure. We are more whole to take on the, the heartbreaks and the problems and all the, the conflicts in life because we've been living in the river. It's not easy. It takes some time. Maybe it doesn't happen today. Maybe it doesn't happen tomorrow, but sometimes we, we get by ourselves. For me, it's early in the morning. To me, sometimes is when my family might be doing something, I'll just get out and take a walk in the neighborhood I'm just clearing my mind. Maybe listening to the word of God, reminding of the things I need from God, the Holy Spirit. Next thing you know, I'm much more um, present. I'm much more encouraged and confident because it's not about filling up, but flowing through. Let's be people that want the Holy Spirit to flow through us. You know, this last year, there's been a song that's really captured me. I have my uh, radio on uh, my truck, probably three different Christian radio settings and some other settings, of course. And uh, this one song comes on by um, Cody Carnes that really stops me in my tracks. It's called Nothing Else. It's really about a decision to live in the river. It's really about a decision to let God entirely have all of me. And to be honest with you, a lot of times the flesh and Jim wants to just kind of do his things and I just kind of compromise and my faith might be just kind of stagnant. It's not very powerful. It's definitely not flowing. And this song reminds me to say, hey, am I first or is there other things in your life? Am I going to be first place? Will you live and stay holy in me, submerged, full of my spirit where there's nothing else. Well, my friends, this morning, I want to give you a chance to kind of re-update that. Maybe this morning, this message online or in person, maybe you're like, Jim, I have to confess that my life looks good on the outside, but I have never let God pour into me. Today, by faith, say, God, I'm empty. You said, come to me, all who are thirsty. I'm thirsty. For the first time, maybe in a long time, I know I can't do life by myself and I need you to come in and forgive my sins and make me new in you. I say yes to you. Some of you Christians, veteran Christians, 
Maybe it's like, Jim, I, I got this. But you know what? I don't know if I'm entirely surrendered to Christ. Entirely. That his filling, his flowing, his love is all in me. I want to make that true. I want to rededicate my life. I want to surrender myself. And, and so we're going to use this song by Coining Cards to just give you an opportunity to pray. I know we're in the weekend. We're going to be out of here in just a little bit. But God has been waiting all week to capture your attention, maybe through this, this message. Because he has such a vision of power and a source of his love and his spirit that he doesn't want this next five, ten minutes to get away. I'm going to encourage you to listen to the song Taylor's going to sing. Maybe you can close your eyes. Just pray. It's a, really a prayer. God, I, I've been going through the motions. I really haven't had much to say. But today I want to make you first. I'm going to stay second as you are first in my life. So I encourage you to just pray, think, close your eyes. Let God have this moment, this, this sacred time that we choose to go all in with him. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, just to give some privacy. If Jesus went all the way to the cross for you and died a horrible death, would he not be seeking you? If the Holy Spirit is true, does he not want to come as a wave to cleanse all of you and entirely fill you with his power, with his truth, with his love? I believe there are a few Christians here that really want to submerge their life in the Holy Spirit. God is convicting them of things that they're holding on to. They want to stay in control. They, they have their agenda. But right now, God's love is, is just breaking through. Would you let me have that? Would you trust me with that? Can I have all of you? Would you trust me and put your future, your hurts, your past, your career, your marriage? Would you just sink it into the river of my love? Let me flow it. Let me direct it. Would you trust me enough to do that? To entirely fill you? I believe that there are Christians right now making that decision. Yes, Jesus. I'm just putting my whole life in you right now. I don't want anything else. I know there's good things and fun things. But I want nothing else but you. That's where the river is going. That's where his power is going. Receive that experience that, live that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, being so patient with us, calling for us to trust you, to go deep with you, submerge our life and stay in that river. Oh, God, I love you. You're going to do more than what we can ever imagine according to our life. It might be in the smallest things. It might be in the words we don't say or the reactions that we don't react to that will identify that, God, you're living truly in us. Would you do me a favor? Just stand as we close out. just want to pray a, a 
blessing to you. There might be someone online that you're watching this on a Monday, but God is reaching through this message to your heart on this weekend to go all in, to submerge your life. God, would you help these people as we go about our ways, maybe celebrating and getting with family, traveling, laying low, whatever, that remind that you're with them, that your Holy Spirit will flow through them in the deepest parts. Bless us now as we bless you and live in your grace and your power. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Have a great weekend.